Hi, and welcome to the Yak Fantasy Football Podcast. Yak isn't yakking like talking too much, and also like yards after catch. It's a double on time. I'm Ted, and today I'm going to touch on a few fantasy-relevant free agent signings over the last week or so, and then I'm going to give my 2023 QB prospect rankings heading into the 2023 NFL Draft. I mentioned last episode that I typically don't touch rookie talk until after the draft, but I had some free time to do some research on the QB class this past week, so I wanted to break those down as we ramp up for the draft. All right, first let's check in on the free agency quickly with three signings to note. The first one is wide receiver DeAndre Carter signed with the Raiders for a one-year deal. Uh, Not a huge move, probably depth, but Carter had some flashy moments with the Chargers uh, over the last two years or so, especially when guys were hurt. He filled in pretty well for Keenan Allen when he was hurt. So, you know, maybe he can do a similar thing for, uh, say, if Hunter Renfro's out again. Matt Collins filled in for him pretty admirably. So just a guy to keep an eye on that knows how to fit into a role and uh, can step up if needed. After that, we've got Marvin Jones signing with the Lions for a one-year deal. Uh, Former Lions receiver, had some pretty good years with them as their sometimes number one, sometimes number two receiver, but had some good productivity. He was most recently with the Jaguars. He's older right now, probably doesn't offer too much, but a solid signing for them. Maybe if a guy like Jamison Williams gets hurt or something like that, he can fill in pretty well but I wouldn't keep him on my radar too much. And the one guy you might want to keep on your radar here is tight end Irv Smith Jr. signing with the Bengals for a one-year deal. They had a hole there with Hayden Hurst leaving in free agency to go to Carolina. And Irv Smith is an athletic tight end who a lot of people in the fantasy community have kind of a man crush on, and uh, he really hasn't panned out super well between injuries, being behind a guy like Kyle Rudolph, Things like that from Minnesota. So maybe this is his opportunity to shine. I'm not a big believer in him. Uh, He's kind of short for a tight end, to be honest. Again, pretty athletic, faster tight end, but I don't know. He hasn't really had much to show to this point. But at the very least, right now, he seems like he's slotting in as the de facto number one there. Maybe they make a move in the draft, but... Just one to keep an eye on if he's on your waivers in Dynasty and you have a free spot, maybe pick him up, just throw a flyer at him, and maybe he'll serve as a solid tight end for you. Alright, so moving into the QB rankings, I just wanted to make a note here that I'm not a film analyst of any kind, so I'm basing my rankings on scouting reports from my favorite NFL draft analysts, the Draft Network, who I'm not affiliated with in any way, so you know, don't worry about that. Uh, I just respect their process and opinions, and the major focus of their team year-round is the NFL draft. And, you know, trust me when I tell you that you don't want me trying to watch tape and forecast quarterbacks to the NFL. I think I have a pretty keen eye when it comes to telling what a player can do in the moment. And I have the ability to see flashes of brilliance, but I have a really hard time projecting those things from the college game to the NFL, whether it be a certain conference that guys play in and uh, the types of defenses they play or the level of competition they're playing or the supporting cast around them. There are just so many factors in college 
that don't present themselves in the NFL just in this compressed 32-team league that make it hard for me personally as somebody who doesn't dive too deep into that to begin with to actually make a good assessment on that. So, you know, I'm trying to trust the experts here. I mean, I thought Zach Mettenberger was going to be a star, and I also wanted the Bills to draft that other quarterback named Josh who really likes jacuzzis. So I'm going to, again, let the experts tell me what they saw on film, and then using that information, I'm going to form my own opinions based on what I value in a quarterback, especially when it comes to fantasy production. And, you know, if you're a good film analyst, more power to you. That's awesome. It's just not part of my wheelhouse. So getting into the ranking part, the way I rank these quarterbacks was based on how many skills or traits show up for them on a regular basis in their scouting reports from the draft network. And I tried to look at which of those translated best to the next level and fantasy production. So for QBs, I think the most important traits are accuracy, processing, arm strength, and pocket presence. Those aren't the end-all, be-all. Guys can be successful if they don't have one or two of those. You know, it's not going to be a death sentence for them as far as what they're going to be able to be in the NFL. And some of those things can be learned. Arm strength can't be learned, but accuracy, processing, pocket presence to an extent, all of that can be learned. Anyway, if I think a quarterback has positive marks in any of those areas... That's a great jumping off point, and everything else is a bonus on top of that. So those bonus traits are size and athleticism, the things you can't teach, especially. Arm strength can't be taught, like I mentioned, but that's kind of a prerequisite for a quarterback. You at least have to have some level of arm strength to even survive as a quarterback in college, let alone the NFL. And, you know, there are size thresholds for each position in the NFL, and they're important, but I don't want to put a player in a box if they don't necessarily meet those thresholds, because outliers do show up all the time. That being said, those players are usually the exception, not the rule, so I also try to keep that in mind as well. So for every QB, I'm putting a check mark next to them if these skills and trades show up consistently, and I also will add a plus or a minus depending on if those were areas of great strength for them or if they're areas of serious concern for them. I also made sure to note which guys have extensive or concerning injury histories. Anyway, let's get into the rankings. And these rankings are my own, so feel free to disagree and let me know what you guys think and where you'd slot these guys. But this is just based on the things that I value when it comes to an NFL quarterback and then fantasy quarterback. So, in my number one spot, I have C.J. Stroud. And let's go through some of the skills and traits that he has at his disposal. So, the first one, he's got accuracy, and I put a plus next to that. And that's because C.J. Stroud is a guy who throws with great anticipation, is able to throw guys open and can lead receivers really well. That's something that's hard for a lot of guys coming out of college. A lot of guys are just wide open in college for them, and it's hard for them to learn and adapt that skill because the throwing windows are so much bigger. So C.J. Stroud already has that going for him, and it's a plus trait. Uh, after that, I have uh, processing is a positive trait for him. Not a plus, but a positive. Uh, arm strength, pretty good. Not the best, but pretty good. Good enough. Uh, he has good pocket presence. 
He has good athleticism, although one of his knocks is it's not really even that much of a knock. He's a pocket passer, and he really, in college, didn't operate as a guy who wanted to escape the pocket all that much. But there were flashes and moments of it, and you can see that he has enough athleticism to do that. And, you know, he'll probably do it more in the pros than he did in college because there will be things that he doesn't have answers for in the pros right away as a rookie that he might need to lean on that athleticism a little bit for. Then he has size. He's just got prototypical size. He's 6'3". He's around, I want to say, 217. So solid size there for him. And so he checked the box for every single one of the skills and traits that I think are important for quarterbacks. Uh, Not every one of them is a plus. Like I said, accuracy is the one that's a plus. But he has so many that show up for him that I felt compelled to rank him as my number one quarterback. The next one I have is Bryce Young. This guy's super talented as well. Uh, So Bryce Young, he's got accuracy, processing. He's got plus arm strength, I think. I've seen some of the highlight throws from him, and the way the ball pops off his hand and the way he can lead it downfield, he's got a special arm. He's got plus pocket presence as well. Uh, He's able to make things happen outside of the pocket, extend plays. He's really got good instincts within the pocket and outside of it. And he's got good athleticism to aid him in that. The only thing that's really a negative here is his size. So I have a negative next to the size check mark here. And it's because he's coming in under six feet and he weighed in at 204 uh, at the combine. But I think Everybody who's been following him kind of knows that that's probably more water weight than anything, and it's probably not going to be his playing weight in the NFL. And I think there's also a reason he didn't test during the combine and did it as pro day rather than that because he knew he couldn't perform the way he should at that weight. So that is a big knock, but it's not the end-all be-all. You see guys succeed at smaller sizes, Not all the time, but it happens. Drew Brees was a little smaller as far as height. Russell Wilson as well. Kyler Murray. The big difference for those guys is they're a little stockier, and I think they can take hits better than him. So we'll really have to see how his body holds up. But everything else shows up for him. So I had to put him as the number two. I think if he can stay healthy, if he can stay out of harm's way, then he can be a special player in the NFL. After Bryce Young, I have Anthony Richardson. So, for Anthony Richardson, this first one I have is a negative for him, and it's his accuracy. And that's actually tied to his processing. He doesn't always make the best decisions. Um, It's also tied to some of the mechanical issues that he might have right now. But uh, And I didn't say that processing was necessarily a negative, but I didn't think it showed up as far as big-time flashes of it. But one plus he does have is immense arm strength. This guy probably has the strongest arm in the class. Not even close. Well, maybe close. Will Levis might touch him there, but we'll get to him. Uh, Pocket presence is there. Athleticism is there with a plus. This guy can escape the pocket. He's a big strong fast guy who can make things happen with his legs on the run 
pickup yards and the sizes there too. I mean, he's what, I want to say 6'4", 244, and he ran some crazy time at the combine for his 40 time. I think it was like a 4'4", something like that. Just insane. So Anthony Richardson, he's got pretty much all the intangibles that you want. He's got to work on the stuff that he can learn, but that's the good thing about him. He's a ball of clay. Teens can mold him if they're able to successfully. If he has the mental processing ability there, it just wasn't asked of him in college, he can do it. You see guys like Josh Allen. Josh Allen's kind of a unicorn, kind of a guy that you didn't necessarily project doing what he is doing in the NFL because of the lack of success he had in college and because of the mechanical issues he had. But he committed himself to improving on that stuff, and he's become one of the best players in the league. Same with Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was another one who was very athletic, had a good arm, not elite arm like Josh Allen, but a guy who worked on his craft is now one of the top quarterbacks in the league. So if Anthony Richardson has the right support system around him, he can become something special, but at the very least, he's got the athleticism, especially for fantasy purposes, to produce right away. If things aren't happening for him passing right away, he can at least lean on his athleticism and his team can mold the offense around that while he learns how to do all the other stuff. Next, I've got Will Levis. So for Will Levis, I didn't notch anything for the accuracy, not saying it's great, not saying it's bad. Uh, but processing was a bigger issue for him. He'd put the ball in harm's way. He'd make a lot of weird decisions in college. So that's one to keep an eye on for him. Again, something that can be learned, but it was a negative from everything that I read. And then after that, getting into the positives, we have his arm strength. Like I mentioned with Anthony Richardson's special arm, the touch isn't really there. He kind of rockets the ball in there, but that was kind of Josh Allen coming out. Again, probably shouldn't even invoke Josh Allen's name because he's a guy who nobody really projected to actually succeed because he was that prototypical, big, strong-armed, athletic quarterback that wasn't good in college, but maybe, just maybe, you could unleash something in the NFL. I only invoke his name because physically those things are similar, but... Plus arm, uh, he's got decent pocket presence. He's able to escape the pocket and use his athleticism, which he has uh, not nearly as much as Anthony Richardson, but enough to escape the pocket, make things happen off schedule. And then the size is a plus for him. He's a big, big dude. So, you know, he's got, again, a lot of the intangible stuff, but the processing was a negative for him, and that is one that I think is a little bit tougher than when you look at Anthony Richardson. I think you can improve the accuracy a little bit if you understand more what is happening around you, what's happening in front of you, and be able to better anticipate things. For Levis, it's probably going to be a little tougher with the processing part. If he's already having a hard time processing what's happening in front of him and that's leading to big mistakes and turnovers... That makes me a little scared, but the physical prowess is there, and that's what has me a little bit enticed, so he slots in at number four. After Will Levis, I have Hendon Hooker. So, Hendon Hooker doesn't have, at least from what I read, any plus traits that I read. And I know he's an older guy, so that's another concern. He's 25 going into the NFL. 
He's also coming off of an ACL tear, so that's another concern. Hopefully he can come back fully healthy from that. Uh, but all of that being said, this guy checks all of the boxes pretty much except for the processing one. And the only reason I say that is because a lot of what I read is that he's hard to forecast because of the offense that he ran. And, you know, I get that. A, a lot of stuff was designed for him. He had one read plays. He still showed, you know, the arm strength, the anticipation, the accuracy needed. So he checks pretty much all the boxes, but it's hard to forecast him. So I don't want to even say that he doesn't have the processing ability, but from what it sounds like, everybody's having a hard time seeing that because it really wasn't there on film because of the offense that he ran in. So teams are going to get a feel for that when they bring him in for meetings, how he processes, how quickly he can look at a play and diagnose it and what look he should have on offense to combat that. So teams are going to have a pretty good idea of that when they draft him. So teams probably aren't going to be very concerned about that if they saw positives from him in kind of the film room on the whiteboard. But uh, just something to keep in mind with him. Again, the age, the injury are also there as well. But he checks a lot of the boxes and I'm kind of intrigued by him. Uh, next one is Jake Hayner. So Jake Hayner's traits that show up are accuracy, processing, and pocket presence. Nothing else really shows up as a positive or negative, so that's not bad. Um, you know, he kind of slots in as one of these mid-tier guys, maybe uh, third or fourth round guys, but um, you can do a lot worse than Jake Hanner, so... Um, you know, those are three of the most important ones, as I already mentioned. Accuracy, processing, arm strength, and pocket presence are my most important traits. He checks three out of those four boxes. And be, not having a negative in the arm strength is good, too. I'm concerned when I see a negative for the arm strength. I'm not as concerned when the arm strength is adequate. Because you can get by with just an average NFL arm. Uh, after Jake Hayner, I have Jaron Hall. Some of the traits and skills that show up for him are the arm strength, pocket presence, and athleticism. I didn't read anything about any plus traits from him, but you know, two out of the four uh, prerequisite traits and skills for me is not bad. No real negatives that I could find. So if he can improve the processing and accuracy, he can have a future in the NFL. He does have some injury concerns. I don't remember exactly what the injuries were, but I remember they were more numerous than other guys. Hendon Hooker had the ACL, but didn't really have much else on top of that. Jaron Hall has had injuries pop up here and there throughout his career. So something to keep an eye on, but I think he's athletic enough and has a strong enough arm to intrigue some teams. After Jaron Hall, I have Max Duggan. Uh, the first trait that shows up for him uh, in a negative light unfortunately is the processing uh, but he does have the athleticism and size so if he's not in the negatives for accuracy arm strength and pocket presence that's okay uh, the processing will have to come but there are other guys as I've mentioned in this class who need work on the processing and it can come along 
It really can. Sometimes it has to do with being in the right system. Sometimes it has to do with the system they were in in college. Uh, other times it has to do with what they were being asked to do in college. Maybe he'll pick it up, but just some things to keep in mind with him. Uh, this guy I'm intrigued by, Tyson Badgett. I actually wanted to put him over Duggan, but I didn't because he went to a Division II school, and I don't want to knock him for that, but there is something to be said for level of competition. But as far as the traits that showed up for him, he did have a negative in the processing category, but he checked all the boxes for arm strength, pocket presence, athleticism, and size. So he's definitely intriguing, and we've seen guys who are coming from a Division II school have some success. Uh, I believe, who was it? Jimmy Garoppolo and uh, Tony Romo. I can't remember exactly what the school was that they came from, but they came from the same school. And these are guys that uh, came from a D2 school, and uh, or maybe it was Division I-A. Uh, but either way, lower level of competition, and they were able to have successful NFL careers. So if he can do something about that processing piece and work on the accuracy a little bit, he's got the athletic traits there, and, uh, you know, you can't teach those things. Next I have Dorian Thompson-Robinson. So for Thompson-Robinson, a negative that shows up for him is the processing. Again, that's going to be a kind of common theme with these guys lower in the rankings here as we get lower. You know, it, Looking at the top four or five guys, it's C.J. Stroud through Hendon Hooker, and those are guys that you're talking about. Probably the top four going in the first round, and then if you're Looking at Hendon Hooker, maybe second or third round. It really depends on how comfortable teams are with that processing piece and the age and the injury piece. So it'll be really intriguing to see him, uh, especially when you've had things like uh, Brandon Whedon. He was an older prospect come in. But anyway, getting back to Thompson Robinson, uh, processing's a negative, but he does have huge pluses in the arm strength and athleticism pieces. So some team's going to find him intriguing, take a late flyer on him, and those are intriguing for fantasy purposes. As we all know, for most, for the most part in standard leagues, uh, rushing yards get you more production as far as points, and so do rushing touchdowns for quarterbacks. So that's something that's a plus. If you can get a guy that is able to produce that way, it can really help your fantasy team. After him, I have Clayton Toon. Uh, so for Toon, he checks almost all the boxes, but he does have one negative. So he's got accuracy, he's got processing ability, he does not have the arm strength, he has pocket presence, and he does have adequate size though, but the arm strength is a negative that's concerning to me but maybe he has a future as an NFL backup, and that's what the scouting report suggested. And backups can be helpful and useful in fantasy purposes. If they're in a good enough offense with good enough weapons around them, they can fill in for the guy who's usually the starter and keep things afloat, both for the actual team and for your fantasy team. After Toon, I have Tanner McKee. Tanner McKee is one that I'm really not a fan of based on what I read. Uh, he's a big, tall pocket passer. He's 6'6". He's got good size, but 
he's got two negatives that show up the processing and athleticism so the processing is the bigger concern for me obviously because if he's going to be a pocket passer a guy who can't really move within the pocket he's gonna have to learn how to process things in front of him get the ball out quickly play with rhythm and timing and maybe he doesn't have to do that if he's got the arm strength but he doesn't have a plus arm he has a good arm so that's just concerning to me and then the lack of athleticism he's going to get sacked a lot in the pocket if he doesn't have a good offensive line he has basically no escapability back there he's a statue so that's just concerning to me I mean the arm strength is there and the size is there so uh especially the size it's plus size he just worries me as a guy like I hearken back to like Brock Osweiler a guy who was almost too tall Tanner McKee is 6'6 Brock Osweiler I think was like 6'7 6'8 I don't know about those guys. I think there is a, a threshold where 6'6 six, six is maybe pushing it, and then 6'7 is really uh, way too tall for a quarterback. I think the tallest you want a quarterback to be is 6'5, but either way, Tanner McKee slots in here. Not a big fan of what I read. Next, I have Malik Cunningham. This guy, he's got athleticism. It's a plus for him, and arm strength is meh but man he's got two big negatives and those worry me accuracy and pocket presence pocket presence i think more so than the accuracy and you may think i'm crazy for saying that but again i think accuracy can be learned to an extent if the player is able to process process things better and throw with timing and anticipation but the pocket presence piece that worries me a lot sounded like he bailed out of clean pockets a lot of times he does have the athleticism to do things when he gets out of the pocket but he didn't like things getting into his face he panicked a lot and if he's doing that already I have concerns about that at the next level but the athleticism was enough for me to slot him here because again we're talking fantasy right now not real life say he's on an NFL field for whatever reason, maybe he does develop. That athleticism is huge and can get you a lot of production in fantasy. After Cunningham, I have Aiden O'Connell. Aiden O'Connell checks quite a few of the boxes, but he has two major negatives, so let's go through them. First, he's got good accuracy, good processing ability. He's got good pocket presence. And he checks the box for size. The two that are concerning that he has negatives in are the arm strength, which I've touched on. Big concern for me. Athleticism is a negative for him too. That's not as concerning for me. Because, as I mentioned before, athleticism, I think, is a bonus on top of everything else. You don't have to have athleticism to be a successful fantasy and real-life quarterback. So I'm not going to knock him too much for that. But the arm strength is a negative. So when he doesn't have the arm strength and he doesn't have athleticism to lean on, that worries me a bit. Maybe he can be a successful backup quarterback. Again, kind of like what I said about Caleb Toon. Sounds like Toon has more athleticism, at least adequate enough to maybe make things happen and extend a play a little bit. But... Aiden O'Connell, those negatives are a little concerning to me, especially that arm strength piece. After O'Connell, I have Tanner Morgan. 
not a lot of the boxes checked here, and there is one negative, and it's arm strength. Again, I don't need to go into that. It's concerning. There is a certain threshold that I think you need to have as far as the arm strength is concerned, and he's just really not meeting it there. So that's concerning, uh, but he does have pretty good processing ability, and he has good pocket presence. So, again, maybe a guy who translates to the NFL as a career backup, maybe a guy who can step in when needed and keep things afloat, or maybe he's just your third quarterback on the roster and he makes a nice career for himself that way. Probably not on the radar for fantasy purposes. Then my last guy here, and I know there are probably fans of him because he's had a lot of personal and team success in college, but it's Stetson Bennett. So, obviously age is a concern for him. He's an older prospect, just like I talked about with Hendon Hooker. That can be minimized if you have some of the traits and skills that you're really looking for out of a quarterback. But he has two huge negative ones. Those are arm strength and size. So, arm strength, again, don't need to get into it too much, but there's a certain threshold if he's not meeting that. That's a concern as far as your viability to start in the NFL. But the size thing on top of the arm strength is concerning to me. He's a slender build, and if you don't have size and athleticism to combat the fact that you don't have the arm strength, it really just doesn't project well for me, and especially when it comes to fantasy. Maybe he'll be a better pro quarterback than he ever will be a fantasy quarterback. Maybe he'll have a career as a backup. He certainly knows how to win, and he's been part of good winning programs in the past. But, again, those traits are really concerning to me, and those aren't things you can learn. You can't learn size, and you can do very little for arm strength. But the positives are, and they're not pluses, but they're positives, he's got accuracy. He's got decent processing ability, although I did read that he has a tendency to lock in on his number one target. He's good pre-snap, and if things don't go well after the snap for him, he still locks in on that guy and still waits for it to happen, so that can be a cause for concern. Uh, and he's got decent pocket presence. So those are winning traits, but I still think the size and arm strength are big concerns, and especially from a fantasy standpoint, so... I'm pretty much all the way out on Stetson Bennett, but I do appreciate what he's done in college as far as uh, success for himself and for his team. All right, so that'll do it for today. Thanks for tuning in for my pre-draft quarterback prospect rankings. If you liked what I had to say or disagreed with where I had guys, or if you just want to share your own rankings, hit me up on Twitter at YakFantasyPod. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm going to try to get to running backs next week. We'll see. I've got about seven of them done now, but, man, there are a lot more running backs than quarterbacks. And then, uh, just forecasting forward from there, wide receivers. Way more wide receivers than there are even running backs and quarterbacks. Uh, maybe I'll do running backs and then tight ends, and then we'll try to tackle wide receivers after the draft we'll have to see i think it might take more than a week for me to get through the wide receivers and on top of that i think for the receivers from their standpoint it might be better for me to see where they go where the team needs are 
at wide receiver, where those guys project and slot in on those respective teams, and then talk about them from there. Obviously, we want to talk about that for every position, but since every NFL team usually has at least three wide receivers on the field the majority of the time, I think it might be best to put them off until later, both because of the numbers of them and because we don't really know where guys slot in on their respective teams. Well, thanks again, and catch you next week.